Welcome to What Needs to Be Said. I'm your host, Alex Regan. Join me on a transformative journey as we explore the power of speaking our truth, overcoming adversity, and discovering our authentic selves. Through personal stories of origin, struggle, and emergence, we'll uncover the profound truth that connects us all. Just as I wanted readers of my book, What Needs to Be Said, to see themselves within the pages, my hope for this podcast is that you'll recognize yourself in each of our stories. Together, our collective storytelling creates a space for healing and helps us grow closer to who we really are. Oneness. Get ready to embark on this remarkable journey of self-discovery and connection. Welcome to What Needs to Be Said. Today I have with me Ari Wisner. They are a queer artist, tarot author, and reader based in London. Through art and card decks, Ari creates tangible tools to empower, prompt intuition, and promote authentic, peaceful living. Ari authored the Transient Light Tarot, Trinity Tarot, and also illustrated the Raise Your Vibrations Oracle Deck by Kyle Gray. Let's get started. Welcome back to this week's episode of What Needs to Be Said. I've got my friend and fellow Hay House alum, uh, Ari Wisner. Did I do it wrong? I did. Wisner. I did it. <laughs> I, I even wrote it down. Um, I've got my good friend Ari with me, and I just want to say thank you for being here. I'm so excited to chat with you about what needs to be said and to get some time to talk about all these things with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's really, really exciting. All right. So let's just jump right in. So I, as you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of your origin, your struggle and your emergence, which kind of goes along with the story from my book. And so I just want to ask you a little bit about some of your origin story, some of your upbringing. What are some early events that really maybe shaped who you are today? Sure. Um, so origin. So I grew up in a very uh, religious household. Um, it was kind of a uh, unusual sort of type of Christianity. Um, so there's some key differences between uh, our belief system and our, our, our beliefs than the rest of um, like mainstream Christianity. Um, so that was something that I was very involved with and very invested in as well. Like my faith was very important to me and um, it's something that I stayed within that church until I was about 26, 27. Um, so I think what that experience and the experience of that type of uh, background and the type, especially to that particular religion, um, and the context that I was in, I think the lasting effects that it had, the things that really sunk under my skin were um, otherness. So being made to feel other um, in terms of anyone who was outside of our church community was othered. You know, they were called people not in the truth or people um, of the world. Um, and that's something that only in the last year or so I've started to really appreciate how deep that sort of uh, othering is, is, is sunk within me. Um, now that I've spent, you know, what, five years or so outside of that uh, faith. Um, and the other one, which was a bit more obvious, was the fact that it wasn't acceptable to be queer, to be LGBTQIA+. Um, so there were, there were the two sort of lasting uh, imprints, I guess, that that origin had for me. Um, I was aware from like very young that I was uh, queer, um, 
and that in itself I found a little bit confusing. Um, when I was sort of six, seven, I thought that I was uh, a girl. Like I was born um, and assigned male at birth, but I, I thought that I was a girl. And then my idea sort of changed when I hit puberty. And I thought that maybe I, I was just a gay man. Um, but the whole time it, it was very clear that this was something that I couldn't exercise. It wasn't something that I could express. Um, and uh, it was totally detached from love. That was the main thing, was that, um, uh, yeah, that it wasn't love. And that's, that's, that's why I stayed in the closet so long. And also not just stayed in the closet, but I didn't even action it. You know, I, I, I never had a relationship with man, no secret relationships with man, uh, with men, no, uh, you know, secret experiences. Everything was completely um, separate. Um, because I, I didn't believe that it was love. Uh, mm. Love was a prescribed pattern that you followed. Um, and I believed that uh, at the time, the only way to experience love in a holy or godly way was with a woman. Um, uh, so, yeah. Who were some of your like big influences? So parents, grandparents, you know, who were, who was just other community members, people from the church, I assume, if it was that sort of tight knit mm. of a group of people. Yeah, it was a very close community, which did have its benefits. Like I did enjoy it. I did have a strong sense of family and community. You know, I was always connecting with people my own age, connecting with people, with adults, with older people and, and that was always really positive and um the strongest influences i guess were well were my parents my parents aren't very very strong characters so although they had quite strong very strong beliefs um they were never communicated uh, super super strong um uh so for example i remember that like the very few times it didn't happen very often the very few times my parents did talk about you know queerness or, or homosexuality um it was it wasn't in great detail and it was never done in a very aggressive way but it was always more of a shameful way like we don't really talk about that or it, it, that's what happens and it's not right kind of thing um i suppose the strongest voices really was the whole community as a whole it's very powerful like the whole othering yeah that i mentioned um it's something that is perpetuated by the whole culture of the, the group rather than specific in, uh, individuals. But I, I did have some individuals who who stood out as particularly powerful. I was thinking about this recently. I've been doing some writing and um, a couple of memories sort of came up, which I had completely forgotten about. Mm. Um, so one was um, when I was a teenager, I was at Sunday school and um, our Sunday school teacher um he was actually stepping in. He wasn't very regular as a teacher from my class, but he um, was covering and he was um, talking about this Bible verse uh, that mentions uh, the, I'm going to get this wrong now. The, oh, I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> um, about this, it was a prophecy. It was this Bible prophecy. Um about uh this uh that's really gonna annoy me that i can't remember it it's been a long time since i read the bible <laughs> fair <laughs> I enough, fair enough. Years and now i can't remember it right um 
what you don't uh, need anyway. to use anymore just let let let's go yeah, yeah exactly it was, it, was something, it was something something along the lines of um something of desolation or um the um yeah something like that and and uh he was sort of uh, asking us like what is this like what is this um terrible sort of ungodly um antichrist kind of figure yeah and um we all sort of went silent and i don't know why instinctively i felt that maybe this is where he was going. Um, I was also quite aware that I think he'd already picked up that I was quite effeminate, yeah. and his and he and because none of us answered, he they just said, um, "It's the homosexuals." Mm. Um, I think this. I think this was about the time that um, uh, gay marriage was just going into law here in the UK, so um, it was quite a topic. Yeah, and. Um, he was sort of pointing this out as basically like a sign of the times, you know, of, you know, Jesus is, you know, right. he's coming back. Turn. Yeah. He's coming back because things are getting really bad. Now. Right. They're letting <laughs> and, the gays um, marry now. So Jesus is yeah. definitely on his way back. You know, it's gotten, yeah. this is the worst thing that could ever happen. Exactly. And, and he, he, he was telling us about how, because uh, he didn't grow up, he didn't grow up in the truth. Um, how he grew up with his parents, um, and they lived above a sex shop and he always had this sort of experience of seeing all these uh gay men coming in and out of the sex shop and basically um during the the aids uh uh epidemic like uh, basically becoming ill and dying and slowly not returning to the shop and he so he had this really negative idea of queer people being these mm. sort of one dirty Yep. And two, like, um, destined for bad lives or for death. Um, and he just laid this straight onto this class of us teenagers. Wow. Um, and and I and I knew that, and I've, I I remember just feeling like I was going red because, like, I knew that I there was no way of hiding the fact that I was quite feminine. Yeah. Um, you know, and and another similar experience. I remember um, a brother in our church uh, did a, an evening talk at church about homosexuality, and his approach was more like, "Let's try and understand this." So it was certainly not aggressive, but he was trying to have like a gentle, like more gentle kind of approach to it. Um, but still, the outcome that he'd come with his study was very much that we should have compassion for LGBT people. Um, but it's still wrong. And the stats say all these like city stats. I remember one of the points he, he was making was like statistically, um, gay relationships, uh, don't last as long as straight ones or, or, um, you know, they have more sexual partners, which in their context was bad. Um, right. They had more sexual partners or they had more partners in their life or whatever, basically alluding to statistically their relationships are really unhealthy with total disregard for um, any kind of context or the challenges faced by LGBT people um, uh, historically and so on. So, yeah, there were certain poignant points or voices that yeah. made it really, really clear um, uh, that it was a no-go area. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can I can certainly relate to a, a lot of that kind of uh response and sort of, you know, I, I heard my mom telling uh, her friend's son, you know, who was 
actually totally dying of AIDS at that point. And I heard her telling him, you know, you're, this is your punishment. You know, you're going to burn in hell. You're going to, and it was like, that was the moment, you know, and I was probably about 12 and that was the moment where I knew like either, okay, if I choose me, I'm going to be sitting on the seat where he is now. Or if I mm-hmm. choose them, like I'm going to lose myself, you know? And it was like, I knew in that moment, even at that age, this is like the most epic rock in a hard place, you know, like how do you maneuver mm. through that space? And, um, and I think when that stuff happens to us in those younger years, it's so like, it just so informs our own minds and like our own ideas about who we are and who we can become safely and who we can allow ourselves to be. Um, and I know that that's, you know, such a hard thing. You know, I think that's one of the hardest things to sort of overcome then is that sort of internalized homophobia or the internalized transphobia or the, you know, like, because it's like you, when you're that young, you don't, you don't have the ability to really pull outside of that and just be like, Oh, this is their belief system. This is what they think. You know, like you kind of have to really buy into it and believe it because it's, it's your whole community. It's your family. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, everything in a way that, you know, Um, And so I know, um, you know, that's not an easy, easy thing to overcome. So I guess that that probably kind of leads us into uh, some of the struggle uh, and and how you then, you know, faced that as you, you know, maybe left home as as you if you left at 18 or when you went on to do other things as you got closer to being an adult, um, you know, what happened for you then in that space and how did you, you know, how was that struggle within you? Mm. Um, I mean, I was fully devoted to this faith. Um, and so my coping mechanism was to just totally avoid it. Um, I did everything I could to, um, be more masculine, um, as much as that was possible. Um, tried, I tried my best to be masculine. I, I did the best I could to be a man of God in, in their eyes, um, I followed the pattern, you know, I left home when I was 18 for uni, but even then for me, that wasn't an opportunity to explore myself or my freedom. I went straight into the next safe bucket. So mm. at uni, I didn't, I didn't integrate at uni. I didn't make friends. You know, I moved away from home, but I wasn't making friends with people. I stayed with uh, the church community there. Um, I, uh, was dating a woman and then we date, we dated, um, all the way through uni and then we got married. Um, so I was always in a safe place and and this was the promise. I think this was the promise was as long as I follow the Lord's way or the way that they told me the Lord's way was, as long as I followed that, then true love and authenticity and true purpose and goodness would come. Um, and, and it wasn't until later years, I realized how, how many mistruths and how many bad things and how many selfish things and how many things I did out of fear. Mm. I did. Um, but I honestly thought at the time I was doing the right thing because that was what God, I thought God had required of me. So it was almost like in this quest to be this, you know, to reflect the pattern that was given to me, I had to trample people. Um, you know, I remember at one point at school um, bullying another boy who was very effeminate because I needed to deflect that from me and I needed to be good and and masculine. 
and um i would lie to people i became very very good at lying um mm. i obviously i was in a relationship with a woman um which is a huge impact on her life um especially because we got married but um that was you know with hindsight was such a terrible and dishonest route um but again at the time it was very much fueled in this is what love is yeah. like so if I, as long as i keep working at it and i think and it wasn't until i was sort of 25 that i realized that actually all of this hard work all of this deflecting all of this hiding um isn't working it's not making me it's not making me closer to god um which was really upsetting um it's not making me love deeper if anything i became very cold and that used to really upset me because then i i thought oh i'm actually just broken i'm, I'm not capable of loving i'm not compassionate i'm not honest i'm not truthful um so yeah that was i mean that was quite a long chapter from the age of 18 to 15 um of just uh, it went beyond hiding because it wasn't even as if i was living a double life yeah it was i was living this one life and the other life barely got a look in because i was suppressing it so heavily um so it's kind of a weird um section of my life that i can't really relate to now because it's so vastly different to where i am now yeah um but yeah i think i think the biggest struggle in that was um feeling i guess the disappointment that came with having to use every drop of my energy to do the right thing or what i was told was the right thing yeah. um and it never yielding the results never yielding the results of you know real love or a really beautiful loving relationship or you know um uh, a heightened sense of being close to god or, or or my spirituality um it was just disappointing and i became quite passive um and cold towards everything really yeah which of course is not um didn't make me a very good um spouse <laughs> um and i wasn't a good spouse and um subsequently that marriage ended um which also was a big shock to my system um because i didn't think anything like that would ever happen um it's not part of the pattern you know yeah you're not supposed to divorce <laughs> right um you know so that just blew my mind yeah um so yeah after that that was up when i was 25 so there was a period between 25 and 27 where i refocused on my spirituality um because i had been chucked out of my church and um so no i no longer was connected to god in their definition right so suddenly i was kind of liberated to say okay well how do i connect to god or, or divinity or my spirituality because i want to and um, i feel it and um i've tried the other ways <laughs> i've tried <laughs> totally. um, yeah um that was a very wild <laughs> um three years three years uh of slowly step by step like coming to terms with my sexuality um exploring different versions of christianity um or ways of uh connecting with my faith um 
and um yeah it what was what was strange is the closer i got to divinity in my mind the closer i got to what i believed was god um uh the more truth kind of had to come out like yeah. you can't it's the only way it's like a pair it's like a purging it's like and i think i think what i started to realize with god or divinity um i haven't got one word for it you know the source the whatever it is yeah um it's this idea of unity um well two sides the idea of unity and diversity um the idea that the very essence of god is um the coming together of opposites or of different people yeah um and uh that once i started to see that that was the purpose of god or of the divine um then i started to realize the importance of being authentic and um that it's not about aligning yourself to um you know adam and eve right uh, it's about it's about um being able to unify and connect with others um uh, as you are yeah um and as they are um yeah which yeah led me to a very different route in my spirituality <laughs> totally um it was yeah it was almost like the 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 more i dug into christianity um the further away i came from the church that i used to belong to yeah and not because i was moving away from god it was more just i was moving away from how humans had um made god added to yeah how mm -hmm. they'd made god how they'd added to his words and, and whatever yeah um and uh yeah it was quite interesting to sort of pick apart <laughs> pick apart yeah uh, i always yeah. like to say that like you know in some ways it's like the church and whatever form that is especially christianity seems to be they kind of think they created god and that they own god you know like it's like they have mm -hmm. a copyright on god and you you know sort of so no one else can and so one of the things that i do in my book and one of the things that i just do for myself is as i always use god i always use the lowercase g for god and i've just started mm -hmm. really doing that and i actually use it all throughout the book because i decided like this is a way of like sort of reclaiming this God that's like within us that we're all connected to that we couldn't even be disconnected from if we tried. Um, and it mm. sort of removes some of that space of this sort of owned God that is this very like the God with this capital G, you know, that's like very formal yeah. and, and sort of some guy with a beard up in the sky, you know, sitting, you know, judging us all for the bad things like being a homosexual, uh, you know, all mm. these things. And, and I also think, you know, I wanted to circle back around to the thing you said um, that, you know, you the more you tried to like do the work, be closer to God, all this stuff when you were sort of like in the midst of, of you know, sort of this other life that really didn't feel like you and you kind of noticed, oh, I, but I'm not getting closer to God. And then noticing that switch of like, but then when I'm authentic and I'm truly myself, like that's where God sort of meets me. And I think that is such a huge like awakening space because it's so frustrating and confusing in that earlier space where you're kind of like you're trying to follow all these rules that they've set out for you. You're trying to be, uh, you know, the good, you know, Christian, the good kid, the good human who's like does all these things, follows the rules, gets married, you know, has all this, you know, and it's just like but you feel so empty in that space still you're not feeling more god even though they're like this is how you get to god um <laughs> and for me that was such a like 
heart opening experience when I started to find God in my own ways outside of all of those paths and patterns that they had said. And like you said, in a very, when I was being more authentically myself, I began to feel way more connected um, than I ever had been when I was sort of trying, you know, to be connected. Yeah, definitely. And like attached to what you what you said a moment ago about the the God or the divinity being part of us and in us, that was the big switch. That was part of the big switch. Um, you know, the religion that I grew up in, although they were Christian, they didn't believe in the Trinity. So, you know, Jesus is God's son and the Holy Spirit was sort of downgraded. To the, it's just the power of God. It's just a word for the power of God. It's not something you receive. It's not something that's inside you. It's not a being. It's not a um a he <laughs> um and the more i did my personal bible study the more i started to connect with this idea of the trinity i was like actually i, well, I think this is really important <laughs> like, i think the, the trinity is a really important uh symbol at least like what, what does this mean and i remember making all these i had this notebook and i was just trying being an artist i was doing it all visually i was making all these graphs and I was seeing the pattern of three repeated through the Bible. Mm. And I was like, this three, this three, this uh, trinity is is important. And I'd started to get a really good grasp of what God is in terms of, okay, so the Father is like the idea of the source or the creator or the, the center spirit. Then we have um, Jesus, which is, you know, the sort of reflection. It's like uh, the moon, you know, it's, it's uh, God in human form. I was like, well, what is this Holy Spirit? Like, <laughs> what is that about? And I, and I started looking at how you have Abraham um, and his son Isaac, and then there's Jacob. And then that's kind of, and Jacob's name was changed to Israel and became the father of a nation. Yeah. And that was the click for me where I was like, oh, I see. So there's God the Father, then there's uh, God the Son. And the third part is the multitude of people. And then I started to see God less as this being that is so untouchable and so distant and started seeing God as more like a um, light mm. <laughs> um, radiating outward yeah. um, and filling in, like filtering through all of humanity and nature and the universe. Yeah. And, um, and we also know from Jesus's te teachings that um he what he did was to show us what we should then do we were also supposed to be people with god in our hearts and, yeah. and, and whatever so that was really eye-opening because this this doctrine of the trinity that i'd always been taught was so um was like a mistake in christianity and it's wrong <laughs> yeah um suddenly i was like that was my key um to I understanding the divine um <laughs> and then realizing actually the divinity is in all of us and yeah. you know when we unite and when we connect when we talk like we are now that is that is love that is unity yes. in, in action yeah um and that's not because i think the fear before for me and for other people in my church and or and whatever was that to respect God, you had to lower yourself, mm. which I can kind of understand that, you know, you want to revere God um, and you humble yourself before God. But that doesn't mean you're not part of God. That doesn't mean you're part of his body. Um, that doesn't mean that we should be trampled by God. Yeah. Um, you know, because also, although God is the center, 
<laughs> we're using lots of Christian language. This I is interesting. <laughs> um, although, we're, although, like, um, it's like the source, it is also, dare I say, and not a disrespectful way, pointless without the their creation. The, yeah. You know, and it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not about you know bringing the divine down to nothing it's about recognizing the whole point of the divine was love and the whole so if if, the, if god is love you know people like to say god is love if god is love then his very purpose was to be more than themselves like the whole purpose was to have a creation right. was to have a multitude of people and he created from day one that to be diverse and beautiful and that's why he didn't make one animal and one human and one plant yeah. um he made limitless like variety um so yeah uh so although i don't identify as a christian now um it's funny that actually digging deep into the christian uh scriptures and and, and such actually it's still the foundation of kind of how I view the divine now. Yeah. Um, strangely. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of nice because there's so much of it I still kind of uh, respect and admire. I still have Bible verses come to my head that I love and and, and respect. Um, I still have a lot of um, respect in the words of Jesus and an example that he showed. Um, in many ways, I, I could say that I agree with the bible <laughs> like i don't think the bible is homophobic or transphobic or racist or anything um the you know there's obviously there's there's things that could be read that way because they're historical documents you know it right. records things that happened um but i don't think the purpose of it is supposed to be that way yeah um yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, for so many years, I sort of like, you know, really became an atheist. I was like, I hate God. I hate Jesus. You know, I don't want anything to do with any of it. And as I found my way back, you know, to some different forms of spirituality, it was like, I found like Abraham Hicks and I found like, uh, you know, tarot cards and astrology and all these different ways that I started to be able to access the divine through the mm. wisdom of those, um, those things. And, and I think then the funny, like sort of, I've noticed, you know, life for me tends to happen where you come back around. And so now I've come back around to this place where I definitely feel like I have this interesting relationship with this man called Jesus, who my wife and I affectionately just call him Jay, you know, to just sort of like take the, you know, the edge off of it being associated with, with, you know, my mm. parents version of who that, who that person or, yeah. or deity is. And, and now, you know, I'll find myself even, you know, communing, meditating, talking to, um, to him or his, the essence of that. Cause again, I don't even know if we need to call him a, he, I was like, um, you know, maybe I, I heard the best song the other day that, uh, these, these, uh, people wrote that was literally called Jesus is a drag queen. And it was all about how, you know, <laughs> like maybe Jesus was a trans kid and just like mm. all of these kinds of things. Like if, if Jesus in incorporated all of the aspects of sort of what was against society then because he was he was in a whole new realm of of who what what his teachings were teaching was like outside of the norm at that time like it was like you know just it was subversive to say you know love your neighbor as yourself and to like help 
uh, you know, the, the, the woman at the well, like the good Samaritan story, all these things. It was like, you didn't do that. And, you know, he healed the sick and all these things. And he hung out with all the people you're not supposed to hang out with, you know, which is what mm-hmm. I always then found funny, but then wouldn't he be hanging out with the gays? You know, like that's even my yeah. kid mind was like, wait a minute. Like, no, dude, <laughs> if you guys are saying that they're bad and wrong, that's exactly who Jesus would be hanging out with and being like, you're my brother. Mm. You're my sibling. Like we're one. Uh, I love you. Mm. You know, there was never judgment from him. And I've always yeah. found it to be baffling how uh, the church took that beautiful poetry a message of what jesus's wisdom was and turned it into something that's now this fuel for hatred and bigotry and racism and homophobia and transphobia and just you know the list goes on so i'm always so so surprised by that so actually i love hearing that you know there's a way that you found sort of this emergence through um outside of their version of what God and Christianity and Jesus is, and that you have found your own connection to that. Because I think that's, um, I think that's true power, uh, you know, to come into that space where you can claim something as your own. Um, and again, returning back to that, they don't own God. They don't own Jesus. They don't own Mm -hmm. the Bible either, you know? Um, and to use the things that resonate with us, that, that tap into our hearts, you know, song, uh, we're allowed to do that. And we, we should do that for whatever the things are that make our hearts sing and that make us feel connected and oneness and worthy and lovable and all of those things. So I kind of love hearing, uh, that you have in a way, you know, use that as this foundation of what you've built, you know, your own spiritual, you know, ideas and and beliefs to be it's pretty pretty incredible mm, yeah and it's not, it's an ongoing process as well like uh, you know after i left church and i had my first queer relationship like i very much similar to you it was like i'm an atheist now and you know i don't want to use you know biblical language and and whatever but um that's slowly like untangled itself and i've slowly been able to sort of um actually hold on to the things that were really beautiful about it and and see past how people have distorted or yeah read you know scriptures the way they've wanted to even recently i was saying to my friend the other day like i don't know what it was but i just had this real urge to pray and i haven't prayed for like i don't know like six years or something and um i was i was just sitting in bed at home by myself and i was like oh, i I really want to pray, but this feels wrong because, you know, I'm not a Christian. So like, <laughs> how does this work? You know, I, I've, I've been meditating, I've, you know, I've been practicing meditation and stuff for a few years. And so there's been versions of praying, but yeah. Um, what I ended up doing was I, I got a notebook and I wrote down the Lord's prayer, but I just changed the language mm. <laughs> just for me to make it easy, easier yeah. to sort of decide. I just changed the language so that it wasn't Christian. So you know, um, but the same message was there, the same um, requests were there, the same sort of thanksgiving and, and stuff were in there. And I wrote it down and I looked at it and I was like, yeah, the Lord's Prayer still resonates with me. I, you know, I'm still a human. I still want the same thing. Um, you know, I still want to be united. I still want to be um, good and purposeful. I still want to be grateful and, you know, whatever. So, yeah. That's beautiful. 
I really love hearing that. I, I never, that never occurred to me to do something like that. So I'd love, you'll have to share it with me when you, when you have a moment. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, sure. I, I, I love that. I mean, I love, I love the reclaiming of the spaces. I mean, I think, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for, we can sort of like, just, uh, if we're not welcome at the table, we can create a new table. That's true. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's very true. And also I think it's, it's amazing and incredible. The people who might feel called to step back into the spaces and sit back down at the table where they were told they weren't welcome at and to like engage back into that space. Because I think that's also then where true um, change can kind of ripple out because, you know, one thing, you know, I hoped in sharing my book is that, and my story is that I hope, you know, like you and I were talking before recording started that we're in a really anti-trans, anti-drag, anti-LGBTQIA plus right now era. And maybe this is the best time for my book to come out because my hope is that people will see that I'm just a human being. <laughs> like I have a lot of the same desires that they all do to belong to feel worthy, to feel lovable, to feel seen, to feel accepted in the world. You know, it's like at the core of all of us, we, we have the same wants and desires and needs even. Um, and I think we just get so lost in exactly sort of what, how this conversation began in the othering, you know, that happens where we decide that you're sort of the other, um, you have a different color skin or you have a different belief system or you have a different uh gender than i don't like or a different sexual orientation what you know the list goes on but then we decide you're you're less than because you're different than me and one of the powerful things i've tried to do for myself is say phrases like if i find myself even you know judging things in my own family with people um where i'm i'm very like well i know i'm right because i'm on the right side of history here you know and i'll find myself saying that but I try to catch myself and say something to the effect of, um, I am no better or worse than like my brother mm. or I'm no better or worse than my parents, because it's really easy to also then get on a high horse and be like, Oh, well, I, I know because I'm like trying to say everyone should be loved. Everyone should be. And that's true. And so valid. And yeah, it's easy to then get caught in that space where then I'm thinking, you know, I'm better than them because they're not saying that or thinking that. And then I just become mm. them, <laughs> you know, like in this yeah. weird way. So, yeah, because, because also it's, it's all a journey and, um, you know, we've all, we've, we could, we could be any side of that fence. You know, I was, in fact, more, I've spent more of my life on the other side of the fence. Yeah. Um, than I have on this side of the fence that I am now. Um, and also that journey is important. Like what are the principles that I was always taught when I was a kid, um, you know, inspired by the Bible, one of the main principles I was always taught was, you know, first the physical, then the spiritual. Hmm. And it's the idea that every physical thing, every physical law, every physical or practical like pattern or symbol is an indicator of a deeper spiritual meaning. Um, and that's what's really interesting is because often when people are fighting against diversity, let's say, um, it's because they they are they are trying, like we all are, trying to find what is pure and what is good and what is healthy, um, and but I think how they approach how how people approach that 
depends on where they are on that scale of moving from the physical to the spiritual. Mm. So are you hung up on the physical differences between us? Or are you focusing on the spiritual differences or maybe the spiritual things we have in common, which right. often are the same. Like, as you said earlier, like, as we both said, we still want to do this. We still, you know, we still want to be loved. We still want to love. We still want to be purposeful. We still want to do the right thing. Like, we've all got the same spiritual um, needs. Yep. We shouldn't be letting the physical uh, become the barrier. Um, and that feeds into how we interpret everything, yep. you know, how we interpret Adam and Eve, for example. Yeah. It was that was that a physical lesson for us to learn? Or was that a spiritual lesson of um polarities uniting? Yeah. Um, you know, was that was that a lesson in everyone needs to fit into two categories? Um hmm. or was it about okay, God wants to express who he is um in his creations. So the first thing he's gonna do is make a loving relationship. You know? Um what's behind the physical symbol rather than being fixated on the physical symbol. Um, and we know the physical symbols are all broken down anyway in nature. Um, so nothing is black and white anyway, yeah. and neither is it supposed to be black yeah. and white. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to kind of ask you, you know, in your, you know, space, you've come through, you've sort of emerged into this, you know, more authentic, more true to yourself version of you. And, and in your work, in your sort of you know, medicine uh, that you bring to the world, I guess I want to ask you what, what you feel like, what needs to be said and, and what you think needs more talking about um, in your, in your realm and in your world. Hmm. Okay. Um, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many things. Um, I think, I suppose the messages that I've been drawn to, um, in my emergence and, um, since my emergence, the themes that I keep coming back to and the things that get me fired up is, um, the importance of honoring who we're born to be and that's that's very uh, broad and how who we are um is a direct is a direct like indicator of what um aspect of the divine we are yeah you know when we're not all teachers we're not all um uh caregivers we're not all artists we're not all scientists you know the whole point of us all being different is because of how beautiful and magical we can be together so and this and i'm taking this straight from the bible from 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 going up with the bible you know you know you know jesus describes us as the body you know we're described as the body of christ yeah. you know some people are fingers some people are eyebrows some people are you know ears like we were never supposed to be the same yeah um and when we fight against nature um one thing we fight against the divinity within us and within each other but also um when we fight against divinity um all that spirit that, that essence the opposite happens um we end up it doesn't matter how good our intentions are and how much we want to make the world a better place um we all end up doing um harmful things to each other um dangerous things to each other um traumatic or untruthful um 
things to each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think authenticity and that kind of um, embracing becomes really important. It's something that we have to focus on. Um, yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, that hmm. <laughs> diversity is such a like you know it can be such a weird volatile topic for people and i i never have understood that really because i think exactly what you're saying i mean the diversity in all of us is this kaleidoscope of beauty you know that just you know like you're saying if we're all part of the body of christ we're all necessary we're all important all of our roles and and how we you know how we manifest the divine within and through us mm. as the essence of ourselves in this world um it, it it's such a gift and and i i pray always and hope that we can like move more towards that that knowing that um however you manifest the divine is a gift to me for me to be a part mm. of and to see that and to experience it and i could you know use that as a mirror for myself as well to see aspects of me that that, that exist within you um and i think that's a you know i hope that that's like where we're moving towards um you know as younger generations come up and like we were you know talking earlier that they seem to be more open and flexible to stepping outside of things like the the binary and stepping outside of sort of the the very black and white rules of things and um you know i i hope i'm still around in this place by the time we start to like open back up into that space of of a collective like oneness and community because i mean i think even our history shows we succeed the most when we come together as community mm -hmm. uh, together. Uh, that's when we succeed the most uh, uh, in oneness, uh, not like in I've got this. I'm going to go over here and do this all by myself. Like I'll figure it out. Like, <laughs> you know, if you did that in the caveman, you're probably going to get eaten by like a saber tooth tiger or something if you're out there on your own, <laughs> you know, like it's just not going to go over well for you. Um, yeah. So community and connection is, you know, that's where it's at, <laughs> you know, and mm, uh, yeah. And, and if we were to, a bit like I did with the prayer, if we were to then strip what we're saying from religious um, language um, so that anyone who's listening can get the essence of it and connect with it without having any religious context, um, you know, religion often talks about this ongoing fight of good and evil. So in a totally secular way, what we're talking about here is... Um, love and the opposite of love um and i don't say hatred because i don't i feel like that's um too small a word yeah but really there's two forces in nature whether you're atheist or religious or spiritual we can all agree there are two forces in this world one is that of love which completely encapsulates uh, the idea of unity and um, connection and doing the loving thing yeah. and the opposite of that is destruction a friend asked me just the other day out of curiosity <laughs> he was asking a few different people he was like what's the opposite of love and like instantly you think oh the opposite of love is hate but more than that the opposite of love is just destruction mm -hmm. you know we're not talking about it's not just love for your family or love for a partner or love for a friend love is also just love for your neighbor yep. love for your fellow human love for nature so really the opposite of love is just destruction you know when we are making decisions um, or judgments uh, about other people or about how we should conduct ourselves, is it loving and uniting? And if it's not, if it's about dividing, 
then it's just destructive. Yeah. Like, yeah. And and that even means when you're approaching something that you feel is wrong or evil, in order to work with that, you have to unite with it to understand it, to um, work with it. So even in that context, there's no reason to be dividing. Yeah. We should always be coming together so that we can understand and learn and help each other. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always think of it too as it's, you know, it's just fear. If it's not love, but everything else yeah. is fear and fear lives within that destruction place, you know, as well. So I think, mm. yeah, I mean, we get the choice daily, every moment really that we get to choose between love or fear or love or destruction, you know, and we just have to keep choosing love, 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 you know, that's what, yeah. that's what, and it's hard. It's not always easy uh, to do that. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think the more like work you do around this, the more, you know, repetitive patterns of it, like it does get to a point where it becomes more of like, you know, it's sometimes a little easier decision to make or choice to make to go down that road. Um, and I think that's mm. all we maybe need to keep, you know, like witnessing for each other is like i think there there's a great like abraham hicks says something about like the clarity of our own example and i think that's um you know something that's always stuck with me that like that's that's how we can really live and affect this world is by the clarity of our own examples and so if we operate and live from love um you know, I, I know so many people who, who argue with people on the internet, you know, like arguing back and forth with trolls or people who are saying like mean things to them. And I'm like, why are you wasting your energy doing that? That's just mm. pulling into the fear, pulling into destruction, go into love, you know, just go into the love. You can even just say, I wish you love in the world. Like, thank you. Bye. You know, and move on. Or you can just yeah. even send them that in your mind and not even engage. And, and I think that's something mm. that I've been, you know, trying to be mindful of is catching myself like, nope, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to engage in that space. Mm. Cause I can feel that sense of myself wanting to go into either fear or kind of like, let's just destroy this whole thing. Um, kind of thing. So, um, the most, you know, the most beautiful thing I think we can do is keep reaching for that love, keep reaching for that connection and, and reaching back into the knowing that we are all oneness. We're all part of the same. So whatever happens to you happens to me and whatever happens to, you know, any of our neighbors, it happens to us. It's not, there's, you know, there's no separation. There's no place where you, you know, end and I begin. Mm, definitely. And yeah, love certainly isn't, uh, wishy-washy you know I think sometimes people feel like you know they're fighting for good but they feel like the loving approach is too wishy-washy it's not you know and it's like no no love is not wishy-washy love is is hard it's it's yeah. tricky it's patient and it's um courageous yeah. and it casts it casts out fear it overcomes fear yeah um you know uh to love means fighting against your own fear yeah um, most of the time so it's worth it it's worth doing <laughs> it's worth that being the focus agreed um, no 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 none of us are doing it perfectly of course like no one does it perfectly but um we know that it's the creative force yeah um, the uniting force yeah for sure well, on that note, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for being here with me. Thanks for being vulnerable and your authentic self and and sharing these stories with me and and those listening. And 
you know, I know this is always sometimes an intense conversation and topic. So I always like to just kind of ask a little lighthearted question at the very end. So for this today, I guess I just want to ask you, you know, if you could travel back in time to some younger version of yourself at any point along that road, um, you know, where, who would it be at what time? And like, what would you, what would you say to yourself? Ooh, okay. There's many. <laughs> um, I think maybe I would go back to my mid twenties, I think, rather than going right back to when I was a child. Yeah. Um, Although I would like to do that as well. <laughs> I think I'd go back to my mid-20s because I feel like that was um, maybe the hardest time. Yeah. Um, you know, although, you know, hiding who I was and stuff was hard when I was young, um, there, was also, there was also an element of it being very simple. You know, you follow what you're told and there's a, a simplicity in that. Right. But what, when I was first having to start making decisions for myself, um, in my twenties, that was the difficult, most difficult. And I think um, I just want to kind of somehow communicate like the joy on the other side, hmm. in terms of you know there is such thing as deep joy, which um, remains, however good or bad your day's been. There is such thing as as deep, um, lasting joy, hmm. and um, it, yeah, it's on it's on the other side. It's the only other side of of um, loving and authenticity and the freedom that comes with that. Um, freedom doesn't mean easy. Freedom just means authentic and um, ready to learn, ready to change, ready to evolve, um, and ready to be honest and vulnerable. Yeah, um, at all times. Um, so yeah, I think I think I would. Yeah, I think I would. I would travel back to my twenties and say. Joy exists. Yep. <laughs> Joy exists. You're going to get there. Um, you're going to get there. Do not worry. Yep. Um, I'd, also, I'd also tell myself that don't listen to what anyone says about your 30s. Like, <laughs> being in your 30s is the best thing. No one warned me. I love <laughs> everyone it. Everyone told me it's like different. Everyone told me it's like different. I love but it. No, your 30s is the best. Yes, I love <laughs> it. I know. Uh, same thing. 40s. I'm having a great time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why does no one tell us this? Why I don't does know. No one tell you. I wonder the same thing. Oh my God. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I always like to say to my guests, I love you. Yeah, I love you too. Thank you so much. I'm really glad that we got to talk about love in this way. Me too. Me too. This is what's important. uh, And I'm so glad we got to share this and share some of our stories with each other and the listeners. And so thank you again. And um, I hope everybody will see us uh, next week on What Needs to Be Said. 